0: Welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, the last time he saw a price was like that was on an Oldsmobile. Welcome, Jacob.
1: Cars are so expensive nowadays. And apparently, <laughs> so is the sushi. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Why? Thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host. Actually,
0: it was caviar, not sushi. My bad. Either way, I'd
1: like to introduce our co-host, a man who just happened to make a cameo in this movie or in this podcast. rather. Welcome, Drew.
0: How can you cameo when you're the co host? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) uh, how are you
1: doing, Jacob? Uh, It's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. (laughs) I will agree with you there, actually. Yeah, because I'd be like, I was at work yesterday. It was a very long day. Mm -hmm. And today, you're running the middle of the day, but it was just more, man, it feels like it should be Thursday. And it's like, wait, I've got a podcast to record. But other than that, it's it's been pretty good. Uh, I went and visited my parents over the weekend. Uh, helped my brother Jim, uh, the guy who runs Movie of the Week podcast. We're both uh, co-hosts on. So go check them out. Go check us out on them on there. Whatever, right. whatever. Um, so I helped him build a um, two lofts in his storage building. That was fun. Very tiring. Very grueling. Uh, very exhausting. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Very tiring. I'd be like Sunday. I be like I got home. I went to church, and then I went home and relaxed, and went to bed at like nine o'clock because I was tired. Mm. So what have you been up to?
0: Much like you, I went home this week, this weekend, and visited my parents. But I did not get back until about right before six. Okay. So yeah, it was a bit of a rush. I decided to eat. <laughs> But I did go to over to our friend Chase's thinking yeah. we were having a Bible study. But since you decided not to come, <laughs> it was just the two of us. Oh, okay. So we just talked. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, not much else happened. I mean, I hung, we had a good visit with my parents. Uh, it's been a long week because work is work and I test work. <laughs> I work because I have to, uh, because it makes money. So yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: What have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Uh, I finished the first season of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Uh, on its DVD pack, not on Disney Plus. Uh, Because apparently on Disney Plus, they have all that clump clumped into one season. All three seasons. That's weird. Yeah. It's but
0: then f- Disney Plus still have the two seasons of Gargoyle switched for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's true. They don't have season I, three yet. <laughs>
0: uh, so I don't understand that.
1: Huh. But anyway Uh let's see What else did I What else did I watch What else did I watch uh, Oh yes I watched uh, Obviously from this movie And they're gonna, Our opinions on this film Is going to be different be uh, Obviously Because it'll be like We're two different people So we're going to have Different opinions on this film But uh, after that I, I watched I the worried,
0: film I was worried You were
1: about to Spoil me <laughs>
0: Anyway
1: No 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 no. Go ahead I already marked it To cut me out <laughs> No, but, uh, I watched, um, uh, I watched Muppet Treasure Island and I died laughing. Not, not in the sense I lost breath and, mm-hmm. you know, passed out, but I, I enjoyed this movie tremendously. It's so much fun. Uh, it's so a part, I, it's a part of this, uh, two disc, uh, offer.
0: So I have a question regarding Muppet Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. As we come out of these trying times uh, after an unprecedented uh, cataclysm, let's say, that they climb happens Uh, anyway. Did the song Cabin Fever uh, (laughs) echo with you like it does with me? Um, Especially after the the freeze.
1: Oh yeah, the freeze (laughs) definitely. I thought you were for for a COVID. Oh that too. I
0: mean, some people had it worse than us. Oh yeah, I,
1: I completely agree. Completely agree with you on that. Uh, but the, it's the freeze is the big one for that really affected both of us yeah because like obviously because we were both the freeze uh,
0: didn't stop essential work uh, stop even stop the essential workers from going to yeah
1: work. exactly so everyone was locked in <laughs> everyone chilled <laughs> so uh yeah I, I completely understand the idea the the isolation of Cabin, cabin fever, fever my, minus i had a uh, a, a roommate at the time so it made a little more bearable
0: floating ward. we were sailing sailing the wind was by our side Dee-dee, and
1: then it died
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, i'm sorry <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that i knew you were gonna do that in some capacity or form <laughs> but uh yeah i watched that i tremendously loved the, that movie to death and i can't wait for us to review that film um,
0: Possibly in the ne- by next year I've got some yeah.
1: thoughts Yeah,
0: We've got one other movie between these Since we already did Muppet
1: Christmas Carol Yeah But other than that Let me think Oh yeah, I did watch uh, When I was at my parents' place uh, They have the Discovery Plus app uh-huh. And so I knew about this little mini-series That I had to watch Exploration Back to the Future of
0: course
1: <laughs> anybody knows me i'm a huge back to the future fan great scott i think you're in good company with our chat room i think so <laughs> yeah so
0: it is i have nothing against it i actually like the show too i just am not don't have the absolute love for it you've got
1: so you, so you like the the animated series but over I've the TV? Series.
0: watched the animated series
1: i haven't either i've watched like Three or four episodes, that was weird I didn't weird. Even know there was
0: an animated there, series There
1: was an animated series, the last two I seasons I knew there
0: was a Telltale game, but I didn't play it
1: No, I, I played a little bit of that uh, You played a video game? Yes, I, I played video games a little bit <laughs> Just a little bit But either way, either way uh, That is such an amazing uh, Story Well, it's not really a story, it's Where are all seven of the original Time machines built for All three films and there's very interesting stories of where they all wound up. Okay. Like there's one where it's um, Christopher Lloyd and our host is they are like trying to find like three of the three of the original cars and like, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. It's actually the uh, the close up shot, which all it is is the cab of the vehicle. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And it's hysterical. Uh, cause I'm they pop in with all these cameos, and I am just laughing my head off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I am geeking out. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Chuck Wilson, because <laughs> I'm such a nerd nerd about this yeah. this trilogy. It's not even funny, <laughs> but uh, I, I watched that, lapped my ever living head off, and I enjoyed it tremendously. So yeah, and plus the Discovery Plus app is only like. I think it's, it's less still than cheap right now. Yeah, it's it's like five bucks a month. Yeah, and then I watched uh, the only
0: thing I'd probably watch on it would be MythBuster.
1: That's gonna that'd be fun.
0: That would be fun. It's been a while since I've seen the early episodes.
2: Mm.
1: So the, uh, the li-
0: retro, uh, retro in our chat asks if Elijah Wood made a cameo. No, he didn't. That's a shame. That
1: that would have been hilarious.
0: <laughs> yes, because that would have been the one ev- most people wouldn't even know why
1: he was there. Yeah, unless you were a big fan. <laughs> yeah, or or on Facebook too much like me. Yeah. Uh, other than that, other than that, I, I i got around to watching the first episode on Disney Plus Assembled, which is the, uh, the making the, of Wandavision. The, the making of Wandavision one. is very well done, very well executed. Uh, just a joy to watch, like the actors like uh, grow into their characters mm-hmm. and understand why their methodologies and all this great stuff. And I can't wait. Be like what. Um, Falcon and Winter's the Winter Soldier comes out yes. what Friday?
0: It started last Friday.
1: Yeah. So it's going to It's good. I watched it. Yeah, the first episode was really good. Uh-huh. So the second episode should be out this Friday. This Friday, yes. Okay, good. So yeah, apparently that's only going to be 6 episodes.
0: If, if it's going to be okay. 6 episodes, they've got a lot to cover.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is all I have watched over the course of the week and weekend. What have you been watching?
0: Along with watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. since I had watched Assembled the week before, uh, I also got through the first hour of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ah. Now, the reason I only got through the first hour was...
1: Was it that boring?
0: No. No, it wasn't. I started it after I got home from Thursday Night Bible Study. Uh Ah. You know what time that was. Yeah. About 8 30.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And about 9 30, I realized I was tired mm-hmm. <laughs> physically and that needed kinda... to go ahead and turn in. Yeah. What I saw, because I hadn't had a chance to watch any more of it yet because of, you know, visiting the parents and all that. Mm-hmm. What I saw, I actually enjoyed. Okay. And I think it is better than the theatric, than uh, Joss Whedon's version. Okay. But, and this is just my two cents. Yeah. I think, and this is more it has to do with me than the movie. Okay. I think the movie is fine. But I have come to realize that long movies that have a deliberately slower pace mm-hmm. may not be my forte. <laughs> understood. It's just, it, it, it's just weird for me. But anyway, mm. so I, that, that's not, that's not anything against the movie. It's more of against the fact that I am so used to, you know, faster movies and faster paced movies. Mm. But anyway.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of, kind of bouncing off your idea. mm mm-hmm. There's the, um, with the Snyder, the Snyder, uh, the Snyder cut finally released. Yes. So DC and Warner Brothers have made it clear they're not going to do Justice League 2.
0: Well, I would also like to point out that after Joss Whedon's cut of the Justice League, they firmly stated they were not going to release a director's cut. Yeah. Of this movie and they did so yeah, that is true. you know what as much whether whether they do something or not a that ball is in zach snyder's court true he may not want to come back and if he didn't want to come back that is fine well he's he's already stated
1: he's he, already said he doesn't want to come back but things can change well he also did say later on that he'd be, be willing like to if they asked him. yeah if he that's asked.
0: the thing you got to get both warner brothers and him wanting to do it yeah We'll see if that happens. This is not a Zack Snyder podcast, nor is it Warner no, Brothers. No, it's not.
1: But I thought, thought it would be interesting to bring yeah, up for a moment.
0: Yes. Remind me to ask you something later.
1: Anyway. Roger.
0: Because um, I think this might have something to do with Project AU. Got it. Anyway, uh, other than that, while, while visiting my parents, I, we watched a uh, couple of uh, episodes of Cheers.
1: Oh, that's always fun. It's a great show. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there, My parents are in season 10, which is... I, one one season before the end of it, interestingly enough, retro uh, they do the whole theme song every episode on on the streaming service. Just throwing that out there. Wow. Now where's
1: that being streamed at?
0: Uh, well, it's on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. Hey, they watched it on my Amazon account, which has a Paramount Plus
1: Link channel, it. but yeah.
0: it's Paramount Plus. Yeah. Uh. Also, we watched. Uh, uh 40 I think it's either 48 hours or dateline one of those two shows you know the new the real crime reporting shows yeah. that actually took place in Longview really which for those of you who don't know that is like right up the road yeah it's plus. like an hour from here yeah it it's weird cuz you're watching and go oh i i holy crap i know where that is yeah <laughs> i've seen that i've seen that street yeah uh um anyway uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. And then uh, we watched a couple episodes of, you know, when we were just waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah. House Hunters International. Yeah. There was one episode that took place in Thailand. Okay. I love that realtor because <laughs> she was just telling him how it was. Okay. He said, well, I don't, I, I want this, mo- I, want, I want the my part, this new apartment I'm moving into to have an, a, a modern style, but also be very traditional. And she says, well, you better pick one because you, you can't have both. <laughs> you, yeah. She she was hilarious. Yeah,
1: straight to the point.
0: Some of that might be the fact that you could tell English was her second language. Right. Or maybe her third or fourth. Uh, but it was not the one she grew up on. So okay. she was hilarious to listen to. She just told this guy how it was. Because this was one of those guys who's obviously moving because, well, midlife crisis and recently divorced. Hmm moving from England to Thailand uh, getting big away from difference
1: yeah big difference anyway
0: so yeah that's pretty much all I got a chance to watch outside of some YouTube stuff here now there is was one interesting YouTube video I watched okay on uh the, the channel is practical engineering and apparently this video came out today and I watched it at break uh it was about the 2021 Texas energy uh emergency during the freeze, oh okay, they talked about you know what actually went wrong. Apparently, we are more blessed than we realize. Okay, because if the power grid had remained at below fifty nine point four, the frequency fifty nine point four, remained below that for four more minutes than it actually did that Sunday night, okay, we wouldn't have power right now. Because oh. it would have caused the entire grid to crash, and it would have taken months to bring it back up. Wow. So, yes, we are very blessed. Yeah, and we, wow, and I, okay. I thank the Lord above. Exactly. Especially that week, that uh, the frequency didn't stay down that long.
1: Yeah, wow, okay, that's...
0: So go watch that. That's actually very interesting. Okay. Um. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've gotten a chance to watch. So, uh, what do
1: we got in the news? All right, so Newswire, let me get to this, all right. So, okay. So Disney's at it again. Surprise, surprise. no one. Well, at least there's some better news this time. Yeah, that's true. All right. So regarding uh, the launch or the release of Luca. All right. Similar to the launch of Disney Pixar's award-winning nominated soul that delighted. I know you didn't like the film so much. Um, I'm just
0: not as big a fan as other people.
1: I understand. Uh, delighted Disney Plus subscribers during the holidays. Uh, Luca will stream directly in homes worldwide, exclusively on Disney Plus, beginning Friday, June 18th.
0: Now, is that like Seoul, where it went up there free for everybody? Or is that like Raya, where it was on uh, Premiere Access?
1: Uh, it doesn't say. I'd be like, I couldn't find that information.
0: Which is weird, because Black Widow, that they also announced was delayed
1: mm. until after that date, uh-huh. was Premier Access. Weird. um so apparently it'd be like it'll be a special offer for a kickoff so it won't be under premier access oh okay so it'll be like a good kickoff uh the film will be released uh theatrically with premiere date to be uh, pronounced so they haven't they've announced when it's going to be released to disney plus but they haven't released the date on which it will be released theatrically
0: so that could be either before or after
1: it could you never know which is weird all right. And, and honestly, where we are, I mean, I'm
0: happy the theaters are open. Yeah. And so I really do like it when they, you know, at least play ball with us. Yeah. But anyway.
1: Yeah. So maybe some people possibly might be hopping mad about this. I don't I don't I like I don't know anybody that probably hopping mad about this one, but maybe. Uh so apparently Peter Rabbit two, the runaway, which we have not reviewed yet. Of course not, it's not out.
0: Neither have we reviewed Peter Rabbit that's one. When
1: that's what I'm referring to. We haven't reviewed Peter Rabbit. Uh, it's hopefully working out its final pandemic release, Jitter, Jitters, after Sony Pictures have pushed and pulled the family hybrid flick from theater, pulled uh, around its theatrical calendar again. Just two weeks uh, before, bounce, um, before bouncing in theaters on May 2. 2- uh, let's see. He The comedy was originally supposed to be put out uh, on May 14th to june 11th but that was apparently pumped the brakes on because they decided they were going to put in july on of all days independence day weekend of june 2nd
0: that makes like no sense
1: no it doesn't now
0: admittedly it was originally scheduled to come out close to easter when it came it was supposed to come out last year yes and they initially had it around easter this year Mm Mm-hmm. Then they pushed it back to May for no good reason mm-hmm. that I know
1: of. Right,
0: and that and it was COVID related, obviously. Yes. but I mean, I can't think of. I don't remember them actually saying the numbers are going down. That's all I know. Yeah, may not be down enough to make a lot of people happy, but that's fair. Right, um, it's, it's. I don't know. It's. I'm still going to watch it because I actually did like the first one. It wasn't a, like a slap, my, it wasn't like a, you know, a great, great movie, but yeah. I mean, it was still fun. Yeah. Fun enough, I'm still planning on seeing the sequel. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's weird that they're now put making what I still am going to think of as a spring movie in the
1: summer. Yeah, a little bit weird. But anyway. And, oddly enough, the movie it's being released in the same weekend is Top Gun Maverick from Paramount.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling uh, Peter Rabbit might have to worry about
1: feeling the need, the need for speed, or in this case, getting his cotton tail burned off by the afterburners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because everybody in there. Okay, dump anyway, dump their- but uh, yeah, it's just be like it's it'd be like it's just so odd two, that, that they they are releasing. You know what I got to deal with all the time? <laughs> <laughs> singing all the time. He's almost worse than my brother when it comes to singing, like he all the try. time.
0: I'm thinking Peter
1: is right into the yeah, danger Peter, zone. Yeah, Peter is right into the danger zone. Exactly. I was <laughs> like, what are you thinking? We're releasing this movie the exact same weekend as Top Gun is being released. Come on!
0: It's almost as bad as when Force Awakens came out. Yes. The same weekend as Alvin and the Chipmunks 3 chipwrecked.
1: Wow. Just wow. So, yeah. So, so speaking of chipmunks. So speaking of chipmunks... <laughs> i'm <laughs> curious of this uh uh segue no this isn't really a segue this is more what do you uh the uh, the chipmunk movie that came out like in the 80s or like okay. the, like in the 1990s like I'm, before before the cg craze before the hyper the craze the
0: one that led in that is connected to the tv show
1: yes what about it i don't know it'd be like it'd be a good idea to review it at some point
0: <laughs> well put it on the list and well, find me a copy all right fine then <laughs> yeah. i don't mind reviewing it all right good deal all right, so I thought then, just, there's very little at the, this point I'm going to say no to, and you know already know the ones I'm thinking of.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right, so in our last bit of news, uh, apparently Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, apparently is celebrating the reopening of the Saint Los Angeles Cinema with the studio's traditional Al Capitan opening event. Ah. Yeah, so apparently they're opening theaters back in Los Angeles.
0: Congratulations!
1: Yeah, yay! Go watch movies. <laughs> You're where we were back in May. Yeah,
0: exactly. Not May, August. It was yeah. August. It opened back. Well, technically, one of them around here never shut down. but yeah, that is true. <laughs> most, with the exception of the other, the other one in town did open back up in August. So
1: yeah, so be like that. That was interesting. It was like, okay, so Los Angeles is finally getting to go back to theaters. That's really awesome for them. Uh, so speaking of Raya, uh, the uh, it's posted its third weekend box office, uh, fifty five point five million dollars from eight uh, two thousand two hundred and sixty one theaters, uh, just down nine from the last. Hour. Uh, okay, yeah the the film is number one in the U.S. domestic uh, standing at twenty eight point four million dollars. Uh, it's picked also to rank uh million from the 29 international territories, uh, bringing in a gross of $71.2 million. Now, granted, that's COVID conditions. Before that, you'd be looking at multi millions of dollars, possibly billions. But uh, in our, our COVID climate right now, that's really good. Yeah. That is really good. I, I think it's like that was Wonder Woman. Like Wonder Woman kind of underperformed a little bit, but let's be frank: every movie's underperformed. Oh yeah. Like if if a if a movie studio thinks they're going to make mega bucks on their their releases at this time of period between 2000 and 2001, be like you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 great. The movie's doing very well in the theaters. All right. All right. So that is all I have for. Uh, the news. All right. Well, then we
0: need to go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free section of our review for The Great Muppet Caper. Yes. This is one of those movies that my grandfather recorded onto VHS off Disney Channel when I was very young. bootlegged, And bootlegged it down to where I had it since I didn't have Disney Channel (laughs) as a kid. And it's another one of those VHSs I wore out as a child. Um... And then I didn't get to see it again for like 10 or 15 years Wow and then I remember catching it on Netflix of all places mm. for when it was there for a short time right and then I caught it like again on like uh Amazon but not Amazon Prime I, I rented it on Amazon and watched it and then uh a couple years ago, I bought the blu-ray here mm-hmm. And of course, watched both movies that uh, on there, both uh, Great Muppet Caper and uh, Muppet Treasure Island. And I was, I am thoroughly convinced that this is my second favorite Muppet
1: movie. Okay,
0: with the first, of course, being Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah, which we've talked about. Yes, very good movie. Yes, this one to me the the comedy is a lot more is a lot snappier. It's a lot more it's a lot more well done. Okay, the story is. Much better than I think either Muppet movie or uh, Muppets Take Manhattan is okay. Which we haven't gotten to Muppets Take Manhattan. We're, we'll get to that one eventually. Uh, and this one just I think just resonated with me more than I think, with the exception of Muppet Christmas Carol, more than any of the other Muppet movies have. The Muppets maybe we'll t- we'll get we'll talk to that on that one when we get to it. But because that's that's the the newest, not the newest one, but the, like the second to last one, right? Um, I mean, this is still one of my favorites. I suggest anyone, if you've ever, I, I su I would suggest this one almost as people's first Muppet move, but you know, maybe I'm not sure. It's is still one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Great Muppet Caper is going to be a hard one for me to come up with dislikes for, for being honest. Mm. You, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> what are your spoiler free thoughts?
1: Okay. So... This was the first time I ever saw this film. Now, my well, in
0: your defense, you hadn't watched any Muppet movies so I started forcing you.
1: Now that is true. they're Muppet babies. Yeah, exactly. Don't get me started on Muppet babies. Uh, Muppet, baby, shush, you're
0: Shush. I hate the hush. next movie
1: because it introduced the Muppet babies. <laughs> Seriously?
0: Seriously, Muppets Take Manhattan, that's is the one that Muppet Babies is inspired
1: from. Uh, okay. There's a sequence okay. that you'll hate. Okay well now Just Grim, giving you fair warning now a year in advance probably you're at it got it the the downside when i was watching muppet babies i didn't like little kids so so this is the guy who works with who used to work with kids yeah exactly yeah it's it's kind of a weird change how god changes your heart a little bit yeah so uh so uh yeah be like uh i, I might go back and attempt to watch Muppet babies again just for giggles and see if i don't like it or if i like it or hate it or i get the same result i did when i was a kid but either way uh i watched the movie uh i have a little foibles with this film um not granted i was probably just being very critical of the film with being a reviewer
0: you're, you're just giving me excuses to defend the film that's all you're doing
1: exactly Exactly. Because
0: I'll have defense. Mm-hmm. I might be making it up right off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but yeah. I'll have defense.
1: <laughs> but um uh, be the, like there there are parts of the film I enjoy, there are parts of it where it drags. But other than that, be like there there are parts of the movie I enjoy there are parts of the movie I really don't enjoy. Um but yeah, that's my spoiler free talk on
0: um, Alrighty. So uh that brings us to the end of our spoiler-free section. Mm-hmm. Uh, join us on the other side of the uh, the bumpers, and we'll get to spoiling this thing.
1: Exactly. Ray, riff, riff, wrong. Okay. Risk progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Man, rock, wrong. Hey, scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't. Know, I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on. Give me give me it. Or okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. There you can find a
0: collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Christian Geek Central podcast flagship of the christian geek central network the cgc podcast previously known as spirit blade underground podcast is a weekly 30 to 60 minute biblical examination celebration of geek entertainment and passions it features reviews interviews and conversations about movies tabletop games video games books comics tv shows and a widening variety of other entertainment also included is a chapter-by-chapter examination of the bible and its specific applications for geeks Hosted by Peter Franson of Spirit Blade Productions, the show also features listener-submitted content and segments created by other members of the CGC Network. Also, we are a part of Pop Americana, where you can enjoy other shows like Franchise Fatigue. Do you like movies? Of course you do. I bet you even like big movie franchises like Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Indiana Jones. And obviously, since you listen to us, you must like listening to movie reviews. But what if I were to tell you there is a podcast that reviews film series one movie at a time? You'd like that? Well, then go check out the Franchise Fatigue podcast over on your favorite podcast catcher and listen to James and Gabe give an in-depth analysis and review on every movie in your favorite franchise. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Great Muppet Caper. Listener discretion is advised. The Great Muppet Caper was directed by none other than Jim Henson, who of course created the Muppets, Mm -hmm. and he was also the director of The Dark Crystal, which was made around the same time. Mm -hmm. Like literally, they were in pre-production during the making of The Great Muppet Caper for Dark Crystal.
1: Sounds like many of Steven Spielberg's films. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: Uh, It was written by Tom Pratchett, who also wrote some episodes of ALF. Hmm. Jay Tarsus, who wrote the movie Short Circuit. Jerry Jewell, who wrote some episodes of The Muppet Show. Actually was the main writer, I think, after season one. And uh, Jack Rose wrote the the movie The Pale Face. Okay. The one that, uh, well, the sequel, Son of Pale Face, I know has uh, Bob Hope in it. Hmm. Singing about buttons and bows, anyway. Getting into the cast, Jim Henson plays Kermit the Frog, Rolf the Dog, Doctor Teeth, the Swedish Chef, Waldorf, the Muppet Newsman, Zeke, man having snapshot in restaurant, and he once he was the original uh, puppets here on Ernie, in Sesame Street. Hmm. I do want to go ahead and point out because I I should have said this before. With the cast list, anytime I'm we we deal with any of the Muppeteers, for lack of a better term, IMDb does not do a good job of separating who's doing the voices and who's doing the performing in cases where it takes multiple performers to handle Muppets. So bear that in mind. Frank Oz was the voice of Miss uh, played Miss Piggy, Mm -hmm. Fozzie Bear, Animal, Sam the Eagle, Gramps. And another part of The Swedish Chef. And, of course, he was Yoda in Star Wars. Dave Goles played the Great Gonzo, Beauregard, Zoot, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and Lubbock Lou. And in the movie Inside Out, he played Subconscious Guard Frank. Hmm. At least he's doing something besides the Muppets, because that's one of the things you run into here. A lot of them you can only find with Muppet stuff. Hmm. I try to find other things, because sometimes you get some crazy stuff in here.
1: So basically you get their hands tied behind their back? You could (laughs) say
0: that. Uh, Jerry Nelson played Floyd Pepper, Pops, Lou Zealand, Crazy Harry, Louis Kaziger, Slim Wilson, CB Voice, and Man in Park. Huh. And until 2013, he was the voice of the Count on Sesame Street. <laughs> Richard Hunt played Scooter, Statler, Sweetums, Janice, Beaker, Bubba, Monster, and Cab Driver. And apparently he played a character called Forgetful Jones on Sesame Street. Hmm. Charles Grodin played Nikki Holiday. And in the 1976 version of King Kong, he played Fred Wilson. I believe that's one of the main characters in that, but don't quote me. Gotcha. Diana Rigg played Lady Holiday. And she played Tracy Bond, which is James Bond's first wife in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wait, Bond was married at one point? (laughs) Well, technically he's been married twice now. Okay once to Tracy, back mm-hmm. in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. She does not survive. Of course. Putting that out there. Uh, and much like that version, the uh, the girl in uh, Casino Royale. Oh, that's yeah. The tr- Technically, they get married in that one and she also doesn't survive.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Spoiler alerts for movies not connected with this movie.
1: <laughs> Poor Bond girls. <laughs>
0: That's kind of their fate. That is true. Uh, John Cleese. uh, Retro, you might want to cut out for this one. Uh, John Cleese has a cameo (laughs) as uh, Neville. He played the second swallow savvy guard and the black knight and peasant three and Sir Lancelot, the brave and the taunting French guard and Tim, the enchanter in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I gave you fair warning retro. Uh, It's only a flesh wound (laughs) Robert Morley Had a cameo in this one As the British gentleman He's the one that greets Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo When they first arrive Okay, Uh, And he played King Louis The 16th In the 1938 uh, movie Marie Antoinette
1: Did you say 1938?
0: 1938 Wow, okay uh, Peter Ustinov also has a cameo in this movie as a truck driver. He played Hercule Poirot in the 1978 uh, version of Death on the Nile. Mm. Jack Warden also had a cameo in this as Mike Tarkanian, who was the editor of the Daily Chronicle. Ah. And in Twelve Angry Men, he played Juror Seven. Because hmm. all the jurors in that, which make up all the cast, were only known by their numbers. Gotcha. Steve Whitmire played a Rizzo the Rat and Lips, and in the show Fraggle Rock, he played Sprocket the Dog. Okay. This is also, I believe, the first time he's shown up in the Muppets, because he would be the one who, from Muppets Christmas Carol until... um. Muppets Most Wanted was the voice of Kermit.
2: Hmm.
0: Just throwing that out there. Lewis Gold played a Muppet Oh, sorry. Yeah, Lewis Gold played was just a, was one of the Muppet performers. He played Annie Sue Pig and Lu, and, and in uh, The Dark Crystal he played the Gourmand. And he also Gourmand. played that character in The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Catherine Mullen was a Muppet performer who, for the chickens and Gaffer the cat. I had to look up who Gaffer the cat was because I couldn't, off the top of my head, think of who this character was. He's the cat during the Happiness Hotel sequence in front of the radiator. Interesting. Carol Spinney plays the cameo of Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. And of course, he's Big Bird on Sesame Street. Mm hmm. Uh, Erica Creer played Marla,
2: mm. one
0: of the uh, three.
2: Oh, cat uh, burglars! Yeah, yeah,
0: one of the three burglars. She played uh, a character named Tara in something called Circle of Iron, which I believe is a David Carradine uh, kung fu movie. Okay. Uh, Kate Howard pa- played Carla, and in she played Angelique in The Born Identity. But mm-hmm. not the born identity you're thinking of.
1: Oh, the
0: one from 1988.
1: Oh, okay. I have no idea <laughs> what movie this is.
0: <laughs> it's the born identity. It's the same story because technically the 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 one everyone knows is technically a remake of this movie. That makes sense. Um, Della Finch played Darla, and she pl- and she did not have many acting credits hmm. besides this. Uh, The the biggest thing I saw was that she played a character named Amerilis Bogle in something called Jemima Shore Investigates. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Michael Robbins had a cameo as the security guard in this, and he played Ainsley Jarvis in The Pink Panther Strikes Again. Hmm. Joan Sanderson had a cameo as Dorcas. The wife of John Cleese, oh, okay, John yeah, mm-hmm. and she played Miss Alice Richards in Faulty Towers. And what's interesting about that is John Cleese is the main star of Faulty Towers. Hmm. He was like the the landlord in charge of the tower, yeah, t- charge of the apartment towers are in. And uh, from what I understand, this Miss Alice Richards is a rather ditzy tenant, and okay. in this sh- movie, they're married. <laughs>
2: Okay, that's
1: interesting thing there. That is interesting.
0: Um, Peter Hughes had a cameo as the Mater D. And uh, in the... I'm going to say The Avengers, but you need to understand I am not talking about the one with Captain America yeah. and all them. I'm talking about the original The Avengers.
1: TV series or the movie?
0: I think it's the movie. Okay. He plays uh Edwards. And Walters. Okay. I don't know who these characters are. Because I've never actually watched the Avengers. I just know there's a character in there named uh, Emma Peel.
1: All I know. I, I remember watching the movie and apparently there's a years scene ago. With,
0: apparently there's a scene with a uh, baby carriage going down a bunch of stairs. Okay then. That's all I know about this, sh- this thing. Okay. Other than it's apparently good and I should have watched it a long time ago. Mm. The last one I've got on here... Is Peter Falk, who had a cameo in this, Mm -hmm. as the Tramp, who talks to Kermit about the glass slipper he got from Miss Piggy. Mm -hmm. He is, of course, Columbo Mm -hmm. in Columbo. But I know him better Mm -hmm. as the grandfather in The Princess Bride. Uh, and for this week's Kingdom Hearts Connections. there's actually a connection. There are no connections. What? <laughs> I tried. I could come up with nothing. Wow. I couldn't even uh use Frank Welker because he's not in this. <laughs> surprisingly enough.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm very shocked you didn't do a like a, a you know ten steps to Kingdom Hearts. I. <laughs> Could have, he could have. I that could would have been have. fascinating, very very well executed. If you, because if you, did you that.
0: got Frank Oz, who mm-hmm. of all the Muppet actors, he's probably the one who has the most connections. Mm-hmm.
2: uh
0: But honestly, I'm sure I'd have to go from Frank Oz, or, or probably the actors in Muppet Babies. For all I know, have <laughs> Kingdom Hearts connections because none of them are the Muppet performers. <laughs> Anyway, what do we got at info and stuff for All this right, movie?
1: So info and stuff. Alright, so info and stuff. Uh it is available to watch on Disney Plus for those who have a subscription to Disney Plus. And I'm pretty sure most people and their puppet dog have Disney Plus by this point. At
0: this point, I would assume so. All
1: right, so on so on IMDB it has a seven point one out of ten. And on Rotten Tomatoes it has a seventy six percent and a seventy nine percent audience score. Okay. All right. So it was production. It was ITC Films mm-hmm. and Henson uh, Associates. Mm-hmm. It was distributed by Universal Pictures, and still owns the theatrical rights mm-hmm. to this movie. Exactly. And uh, Associated Film Distribution. It was released. Its release date was June twenty sixth, nineteen eighty one, in the United States, and then on July thirtieth. 1981 in the united kingdom box office wise it's <clears throat> now. great i couldn't be like i simply was trying to get information as fast as i could i didn't look up like all like mm-hmm. what it made throughout the world uh but in general so it's u.s weekend release it earned 2.9 million dollars okay all right so it's not,
0: it's not bad for 1981
1: no it's not so but this
0: was also right after the end of season five of the Muppet show, which it went out on top. So, I mean, this was like the height of Muppet fandom.
1: True. All right. It's us gross was $31.2 million. It's worldwide. Gross was 31. The same as $31.2 million. Mm-hmm. The movie did fairly well. Uh, I could not find a budget anywhere. I might've skipped that at some point. So, oh, there we go. It had a budget of $14 million. All right. So it barely scraped by. All right. Like you have a budget of, you yeah, had a budget of 41 and you made like $21 million in the box office. Yeah. So it barely, I mean like you didn't. Yeah. Either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, it? that's it. Okay, that's, that's what it. I was waiting to find that's out. That's it. Like, I, I found myself in a conundrum be like, what do I say after this? <laughs> okay.
0: So jumping into the summary for this. Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, and Gonzo the Great are investigative reporters for the Daily Chronicle newspaper. Kermit and Fozzie specifically play identical twin reporters, which becomes the source of a running gag. Nobody can tell, them, tell that they are twins unless Fozzie is wearing his hat. One day, after the trio is dismissed for f- failing to report... On a major jewel robbery, Kermit asks the editor Mr. Turkanian to allow them to travel to London to investigate the robbery and interview the victim, prominent fashion designer Lady Holiday. Statler and Waldorf make appearances throughout the film to heckle them and the audience. Like, maybe three appearances. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder about this summary already. Uh, <laughs> with only $12 for the trip, which who said that, they are forced to travel in an airplane baggage hold and are literally thrown out of the plane as it passes over Britain. They stay at the dilapidated, but free, Happiness Hotel, which is populated by other Muppet characters such as Dr. Teeth and The Electric Mayhem, Scooter, The Swedish Chef, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, Beaker, Lou Zealand, Rolf the Dog, Sam the Eagle, Pops, Beauregard, Crazy Harry, Camilla the Chicken, and Rizzo the Rat. The next morning, when Kermit seeks out Lady Holiday in her office, he finds her newly hired receptionist, the alluring Miss Piggy, and mistakes her for the fashion designer. Piggy instantly falls in love with the little green reporter, She poses as Lady Holiday, and Kermit asks her out for dinner. To keep up the pose, she allows Kermit to assume she lives at a Highbrow address. She sneaks into a townhouse at 17 Highbrow Street to wait for him, much to the surprise of the actual upper-class British residents. And they go to a dinner at a nightclub, the Dubonnet Club, which apparently is more of a supper club, but anyway. (laughs) At the nightclub, the real Lady Holiday's necklace is stolen by her jealous brother, Nikki, and his accomplices, Carla, Marla, and Darla, three of her exploitive fashion models, the very same thieves who robbed her before. After the robbery, Miss Piggy's charade is revealed, and she flees, leaving Kermit behind, though the next day they reconcile after having a brief argument. Despite Nicky's instant attraction to Miss Piggy, he and his accomplices frame her for the necklace theft during Lady Holiday's fashion show. They plan to steal an even more valuable prize, Lady Holiday's largest and most fabulous jewel, the fabulous baseball diamond, now on display at the local Mallory Gallery. Unbeknownst to them, Gonzo overhears their plot. He, Kermit, and Fozzie, and the other residents of the Happiness Hotel decide to intercept the thieves and catch them red-handed to exonerate Miss Piggy. Kermit arrives at the prison to explain the plan to Miss Piggy while disguised as her lawyer. The Muppets sneak into the Mallory Gallery and get to the baseball diamond at the same time as the thieves. They try to keep the diamond out of the thieves' hands via a game of keep-away, but Nikki eventually catches the diamond and takes Kermit hostage. In the meantime, Piggy escapes from prison and she races to the gallery, crashing through the window on a motorcycle that serendipitously falls off a truck in front of her. She knocks Nikki out and dispatches Carla, Marla, and Darla with a flurry of furious karate chops. As the police arrive, all charges against Piggy are dropped. Nikki and his accomplices are arrested, and the Muppets get their deserved credit for foiling the heist. The Muppets then return to the United States the same way they departed, being thrown out of the cargo hold and parachuting back to the United States. Getting into the trivia for this episode... The Great Gonzo's classification as a whatever is officially cemented in this movie, as this is the label affixed to a shipping crate en route to Great Britain. Mm -hmm. We'll point out that once we get to uh, Muppets from Space, he is considered an alien, but I still don't count that. (laughs) The bike riding sequence was accomplished by using a combination of radio-controlled bikes, Mm -hmm. marionette rigging, and in some cases attaching several bikes together with rods so they could stand upright on their own. The end of the bicycle scene where all the Muppets are shown riding together was done by putting all of the Muppet characters onto their bikes, hooking them together, and pulling them. Mm -hmm. Brian Henson on an oversized tricycle was amongst those who pulled the bikes. The girl in the park who thinks Kermit is a bear is Christine Nelson, daughter of Muppeteer Jerry Nelson, who was the man with her in the scene. Christine suffered from cystic fibrosis throughout her short life and finally succumbed to the disease in 1982, Mm. one year after this movie debuted. Mm. Director Jim Henson did not like the working title for this movie, which was Muppet Mania and had various friends, staff members, and relatives suggest titles for the movie. Some of the more interesting titles include The Rocky Muppet Picture Show and A Froggy Day in London. Mm. The winning title was suggested by 19-year-old Lisa Henson, who came up with The Great Muppet Capade, but also included several alternate choices of words, including Escapade, Esk Pig Aid, and Caper in her submission. For wide shots of Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, and the Great Gonzo in the hot air balloon, remote-controlled Muppets and a radio-controlled hot air balloon were used. Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and Dave Goles performed their characters from inside a helicopter, hovering alongside the balloon with a cameraman dangled from the bottom of the second helicopter. During one particularly bad landing, the remote balloon tipped over, spilling out the Muppets, and badly scorching Fozzie Bear in the balloon's propane burners.
2: Mm.
0: Muppet builder Amy Van Gilder came to the rescue and made the necessary repairs, earning her a special on-screen credit of Muppet Doctor. Wow, okay. A full-body Miss Piggy was used in this movie three times. Once when Miss Piggy was leaving the supper club, during the motorcycle chase scene, and another time when she was diving in a pool during her, during her fantasy. The scene with Kermit the Frog's dancing shadow took 43 takes to get right.
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely see that,
0: yeah. And during the opening credits, Fozzie Bear asks Kermit what BSC stands for, but Kermit doesn't know. Do you know what it means?
1: BSC. No, I don't.
0: Well, it came up on the credit that was on screen at the same time for the cinematographer. Okay. Which was which stood for British Society of Cinematographers.
1: That actually makes sense. <laughs> yes.
0: Last but not least, I have one other little bit of trivia that I took too much time on if we're being completely honest. <laughs> during Piggy's Fantasy, which is okay. the name of the song that's played during that part. This is where she's doing the water ballet scene in her Yeah. Imagination in her dreamland. Mm-hmm. The character of Nikki Holiday, played by who did I say? I should have had this up because I'm never going to remember his name. Charles Grodin mm-hmm. sings, but it's very obviously dubbed over. Someone else is singing for him. Okay, this is pointed out by Miss Piggy right afterwards after she was. Uh, uh, framed for the theft, mm. as she's being dragged out of the out, out of the scene, she you can hear her shout something along the lines of, "You can't even sing. You are very obviously dubbed." <laughs> I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking who sang for Charles, and what I re- found out was that. In the 40 years since this movie came out, mm-hmm. nobody knows who dubbed his voice in that song. I do mean nobody. Mm. I checked. I am. I, I, it's not credited in the film. It's not on IMDb. I checked a fan site called Tough Pigs, it's, which is a Muppet fan site who wrote an article about this back in 2016, they couldn't figure it out. They speculated a number of people, the mo- ones that make the most sense might be some of the Muppet performers who are already in the film and so were already credit- had credits in the film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the closest thing I got to anything close to a confirmation was on uh, the Villains Wiki, which mentioned that Charles Grodin... Uh, sang, uh, dubbed the song himself, but I could not find a citation for that. Hmm. So I have no, they have no proof that that's what happens. It's just a guesswork for them. Nobody knows in the 40 years since this movie came out, who dubbed Nikki in Piggy's fantasy. Really. Really. I spent entirely too much time for that to come up empty-handed. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Right. Uh, one last bit of trivia. Charles Grodin was approached for the Muppets to make a cameo appearance as he was uh, getting as the character was getting out of jail, uh, but he declined to do, to take the role to to appear. Okay. He would have returned as Nikki uh, Holiday had had cuz they had actually written him in a, a, a pot, yeah written him in a cameo part and he decided not to do it okay which brings me to the end of my trivia so Jacob what is your first like
1: what is my first like would actually be the the climax of our film is the the uh, the baseball diamond is about to be stolen by our cat burglars and the muppets just ruin their day and it is a great scene. It is a great scene. that it's, whole sequence is great. It is including so the,
0: Well, I'll I'll get to Piggy here in a minute.
1: Yeah. So it'd be like you you have Piggy breaking out of jail. The the, the whole fact would be like she's strong enough to bend iron bars. <laughs> and then Which should not be a surprise. No, it's not. It's Piggy. So she breaks out of prison she hijacks a car. She hijacks a, a truck, mm-hmm. and then hijacks a. a uh, finds a motorcycle. Finds a motorcycle for some reason. What an unbelievable coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be like, you had this entire um, keep away thing with the Muppets and the the jewel, and like it's just it's hysterical watching. Like it's like probably my favorite part of the film. Is the, the 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 climactic moment of where the uh, the are caught and the the muppets save the day, mm-hmm. and it's just very creative how they did that, and you realize how much space you're not gonna have with that many muppets. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't move. I'm, I'm, I am w-
0: I'm. would love to see a zoomed out version of that scene. Yeah. So we could see so all, all the you humans see is underneath. Hands. I just want to see all the humans underneath trying to stay upright. Yeah. Or not stay upright, but, but still trying to act and not run into each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my, my first leg is actually the, the what I call the rubbery uh, uh, folded. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that is my number one. What is your number one?
0: My number one is I'm going to make the claim that this is Miss Piggy's best movie. Okay. This is the one where I think they actually did the most work to flesh her out. Her comedy works. Her two songs are good. And most of the time, I hate Miss Piggy songs mm. when they come up. Because they're usually... They're okay, but they're not great. This one, I like both. That involve her. Okay. Um... Her action is good. She's got some of the best lines, especially in that last part Mm -hmm. where she, I still love the part where she throws Peter Ustinov out of the truck. Yeah. Only for him to be thrown into Oscar the Grouch's garbage can, which for (laughs) some reason is is not at Sesame Street. It's in London for some reason. Right. But it's still hilarious.
1: Well, it was a cameo.
0: It was a great cameo. A very brief cameo.
1: Me too. Mm.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, when the, when the uh, truck goes by and the motorcycle just flies out and stays upright. <laughs> and Piggy just turns around and says, yes, we know what's going on. It's an unbelievable coincidence. Yes. Especially when all the mile markers are saying, Mallory Gallery, still some ways off gallery gallery mm. only a few uh, you're getting closer it's like you're getting warmer it's like, like uh why would you, I mean, there's a part of it that goes i know it's for comedic purposes but right you wouldn't that's very much there for the film's sake no oh, yeah you wouldn't that wouldn't be real but i mean it's the entire part of her breaking into the uh john cleese's and a house okay on highbrow street is funny to me her trying to climb up the side of this house she gets in kermit rings the doorbell and of course john cleese and his wife are just still bickering and not paying attention finally she just stands up and says i'll answer it and she
1: goes and and waddles off goes and
0: gets the door and then decides, oh, uh, Kermit wants, wants, having never been in a rich person's house before, apparently, wants a, a tour. So she gives him a tour, including the closet. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, there's some parts of Piggy's in in this I don't like, but I think she, pref- uh, Frank Oz did an amazing job with her character in this one. So, yeah, Miss Piggy's performance in this is my number one like.
1: All right. What's your number two? My number, my second like, you actually mentioned it in between would be the, the point where the truck driver gets thrown from the truck by the pig (laughs) and who behold is Oscar the Grouch. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I was like, wait, he's not a, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Because it's the same company. I was like, oh, at this point it is. But oh my gosh, it's Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> well, I mean, technically,
0: it's Children's Television Workshop is yeah. that one, which was not technically connected. It was only connected to the Jim Henson, Jim Henson Associates in like, in actuality, not legally, because Henson intentionally kept Sesame Street separate from the Muppets. Okay. So that uh, if not, if anyone bought the Muppets, they wouldn't have control over. Sesame Street, because he felt that passionately that Sesame Street should remain educational and not be exploited. Okay, which makes a lot of sense now that the uh, Sesame
1: Street's on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, I just I I, I enjoyed that little cameo. Um, I thought it was really funny and really clever that they brought Oscar the Grouch from. Uh Street, like you said before, be like the fact that you like, why is he in London? Oh yeah, it's a cameo. It's just a
0: cameo. <laughs> just a cameo. A very brief cameo.
1: cameo. <laughs> so yeah, that's I, I thoroughly enjoyed that little that tiny little section right there. I was like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by uh the the appearance of a very grumpy green trash game monster.
0: I think he his cameo was better than Big Birds in the last in Muppet movie. In my opinion. Yeah, true. Now, a little bit of sad news for you. There's what? only one more Muppet movie that features any Sesame Street cameos.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. There's only one more. Okay.
0: They don't appear after that. Okay. It makes sense when you when we get to
1: it. I gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So. What is your number two?
0: My number two. The songs. Okay. Okay. I can't think of one... There's only one song in this movie I don't like. And I'd like to point out in the original versions I saw this on VHS, it was an instrumental. So, of course, when they added words, I didn't like it. <laughs> but, uh... Between Hey, a Movie, The Happiness Hotel, uh... Piggy's Fantasy... Uh... Oh, what is the name of the song at, at the supper club? Uh, anyway, that song can't mm-hmm. remember the name. Of, are some of the most fun songs to sing along to? Are a lot of them are anyway. Yeah. So yeah.
1: The songs they're they're catchy, mm. extremely catchy. Okay. What is your third like? My third like, and it's it's more technical than anything. The bicycle scene. Yes. Like, like you described, it was like, I kept thinking, it was like, how in the world are they doing this? Because I kept thinking, it's like, okay, Miss Piggy obviously looks like somewhat like they put a, a, uh, a short person.
0: Yeah, that was one. In and, and and a piggy suit. That was one of the full body piggies.
1: Okay. I do know that. I thought, I, <clears throat> that's what I thought. And uh, I was like, okay, but then how are they doing Kermit? I was like, okay, it's got to be strings. There's got to be some kind of like running mechanism, but you can't see anything. And this is eighty one. I'm like, oh my gosh! Yeah, there was that no was, CG
0: to edit out. No you, CG.
1: There's no wires.
0: If you're paying attention in other
1: scenes, you can still see the marionette poles. Yeah, but this thing was just like brilliant how they did this. Now I get how they did the uh, all of the other Muppets. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, they're literally being towed. Yes, but. Like that scene was like the fact To be like they're going in circles around Each other with perfect Maneuverability with bicycles Mm -hmm. I'm like whoa wait a Minute
0: now I did Have to go Frame by frame During the shot where A bunch of Muppets are on the motorcycle And you can see the Swedish chef Mm -hmm. In the back I had to go frame by frame because The Swedish chef is uh, Unique in his appearance mm-hmm. in that he his hands are human hands they're not puppet hands hmm. the only time you see him with felt hands is for the still pictures that they might take for like the cover of a of a, of a, of a movie poster or something like that mm-hmm. in those cases he does have uh, puppet hands but during performance he has persons hands because they have to actually be able to pick up the objects right um, I went frame by frame to see if he had puppet hands in that scene or mm-hmm. human hands because it's very obvious he's being held up. He's not he has in that shot he has virtually no life in his body at that in that scene Wow I couldn't tell because there's only like three frames where his hands were visible mm.
1: and I couldn't tell. Wow. It's just like the the, the craftsmanship and the art, the artistry they did in... Like, a lot of these scenes were just impeccable. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I, like, going back to the bicycle scene, the fact that... Like, you have Kermit the Frog, but you can't... I mean, like, you would have to, like, find the skinniest person and put the biggest oh, no, no, force no, perspective you, on it to make it work. But they didn't. You can't do that with that one. Yeah.
0: Kermit's arms are too are too thick yeah, exactly. to ever use a full body version. Yeah. Uh I would assume maybe they used a remote control for the shots, especially the shots with him doing the tricks and like trying to stand yeah. up on the the bike oh, yeah. by himself. That had to be a remote controlled uh animatronic.
1: Yeah, because also you can you can see in the shot where be like you don't you don't fully see all yeah. of Kermit, so you there's, can see. There's, the, a, there's a lot of good there, there's, there's 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 a there's a rig above him, obviously. Well, but there's, there's, it's yeah, so cleverly shot. Yeah, there's I mean, there's like, a lot know.
0: of shots where you can tell, yeah, Kermit's being performed by somebody off screen. Yeah, but there's a couple shots that's like he's full screen. And you're going, how did you do that? Yeah, has to be a, a RC, uh, remote controlled, uh, yeah. animatronic. But there's no guarantee that's what it was. Yeah, I have no
1: idea. Yeah, because I kept thinking like, okay, it's on a track, it's being pulled. And it's the like might have been the mic the possible possibility, but it was just like, oh my was, gosh, there was no
0: place for anyone to
1: to operate Kermit while being there. Yeah, yeah, because obviously today they would have just, you know, just had someone in a a, uh, a mocap suit Not and necessarily,
0: but anyway,
1: that's a possibility, and they just put him in the shot, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: but with. 1981 technology that's impressive oh yeah like incredibly impressive so yeah it's, it's the bicycle scene for me so what is your third i did not count
0: this as my third so we'll call this an extra okay the Piggy's fantasy sequence is also one i find amazing okay uh, i don't count this as my third like it's just a bonus one here because Honestly, there's a lot of that I wonder how they were especially there's a lot of piggy underwater. I'm kind of curious how they did.
1: Yeah. That was
0: really good. I know a lot of it is you probably had a swimmer in a full body piggy outfit. Mm-hmm. But there's still a couple of those like How did you pull that off? Is there's, performing underwater is hard enough. Yeah. Puppeteering
1: underwater is another matter. But what, anyway. Okay, what I did notice with that scene was that it looked like they would literally like put Piggy in the shot, and then just like maneuver the character just slightly to where she did something.
0: Yeah, but I mean, she didn't do a whole lot. But there was still some stuff like uh, I so I, th- I thought it was cool. They had the little air bubbles coming out of her nostrils.
1: Yeah, that was clever. Yeah, that was clever. And
0: the only part about that I didn't like was near the, near near there near the end. There, you could tell they were running the footage in reverse. Yeah. Which was sad. But the rest of that seems good. Anyway, that's not my third like. My third like is the meta humor in this movie. All the True. call outs. The, all the fourth wall call outs. Mm-hmm. The, uh, oh man, there's so many good ones in this. Uh, the, the thing about, you know, her overacting. Oh, yeah. In, is a great spot. My oh, I remember my favorite one. My favorite one, and this will actually lead into uh, my favorite one, is uh, when Piggy is first being interviewed by Lady Holiday. Mm-hmm. And Lady Holiday just starts going off telling everything about uh, her brother Nikki and all how horrible a person he is. Mm-hmm. but she still loves him because he's her brother and so on and so forth. And Piggy just looks up and says, why are you telling me all this? And she says it's plot exposition; it has to go somewhere. Sure. <laughs> but my best part about this is she describes her brother. What do you remember? What he she described her brother as? No, I don't. She describes her brother Nicky as an irresponsible parasite. Right. Right. The next scene on his office door, mm-hmm. and it's still on his office door. <laughs> At the in in the uh, near the end when they're check, checking all their equipment, mm-hmm. did you catch the title on underneath his name? with his job title at at her at her oh, uh, fashion?
1: I'm drawing a blank. Irresponsible parasites. I, wow. Okay. It's, I never. I guess I wasn't being that close to I it. I
0: never noticed it till this viewing. Wow. I was watching. Go. Huh. That's funny. It says irresponsible parasite. It still says irresponsible parasite at the end of it. Okay, it's like I, I love that kind of humor. Yeah, and that, that's some of the best ones. Of course the uh, the cameo with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing here? A very brief cameo. Me too. <laughs> and keep in mind, Peter Ustinov actually was in the Muppet Show. He was really? a guest in an episode. Really? Yeah, it's a good episode. That's the one where uh, they credit he. Because he claimed that the Hat Rack wrote all of his best lines. They credit the end credits credits the Hat Rack as a ri- as a writer for the show. Really? Yeah. It's a great episode. You should go watch it. You should watch a lot of the Muppet Show because now that you're getting into it, because mm. uh, a lot of it is funny. Especially go watch the the Star Wars episode. I keep hearing that. It's a good one. Um, but I mean, some of the we ha- we haven't talked about it yet. But the the fact that they're twins.
1: Oh uh, gosh, this. <laughs>
0: I find this a joke because obviously one's a bear and one's one's a a frog. frog. So, how do you explain how they're twins? What way do you show a frog and a bear have the same father?
1: Oh, gosh, that picture.
0: (laughs) That picture. Picture, That picture of Fozzie the bear with Kermit's eyes, collar, and coloring. will give you
1: nightmares. Yeah, oh my gosh. But I saw this as a kid and probably thought it was as funny then as I think it is now. I thought it was just like, oh my gosh, that's disturbing. Yeah. I like, was, completely I did, disturbing. I
0: love his line. Yeah, I'm as as the next guy. And he puts the picture in his ass. That's why I don't want him to hear this. You're fired. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all the meta uh, humor in this. There's yes. a lot more I didn't even mention. Like, Well, like I said earlier about the... Uh, uh, you're singing sex, you're obviously dubbed <laughs> took me down that rabbit hole yes uh, And there's a couple of other things um, and, and of course the three to- the only three times the uh, Jim Henson, Frank Oz and uh, David Goles actually has a cameo in their own m- movie. Really Two of them are in the supper club, okay? Uh, that's right. Jim Henson is sitting there, I think, with his niece. Mm-hmm. Frank Oz is the one whose wife isn't feeling very well. Oh, so she should be home. She is at home. <laughs> that was Frank <laughs> Oz. Uh,
2: next table,
1: yeah, that's Frank Oz. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was Frank Oz. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> of course, it is. Dave Goles is performing Gonzo in that scene. <laughs>
1: Wow. Okay. That that's that's deep. That is wow. And they
0: are funny cameos. They did. They are. They did not pull their punches. No, they did not. Not Dave Goles. It's Jerry Nelson that's got the other cameo, which I mentioned in the trivia, right? But it's the only time they ever had. I take that back. Frank Oz does have another cameo in one of the straight to DVD movies, uh, the Muppet Wizard of Oz, where he plays. uh, uh, He plays. the guy behind the curtain Oz <laughs> yeah Frank Oz Frank Oz <laughs> makes sense so yeah that's uh my third like all right which now brings us to <laughs> what's going to be the interesting part of this episode
1: <laughs> I think me defending all of your dislikes okay and me defending my dislikes <laughs> which is a little fair right always fair what is your first dislike that my, I get to defend? My my first dislike, and now granted, this is nothing you need to defend at all. All right, so... I have a feeling we're going to share at least one, so yeah. go ahead. Okay, so there again, I throughout most of my life, I have not watched British humor. Like okay. a British television, movies, what have you. Uh, and so watching this film, be like there are a, like a slew of cameos. I have no idea who these people are.
0: I didn't either. I only so, knew a couple.
1: Yeah, I knew uh uh I'm guessing Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Obviously. John, Cleese. John Cleese. And uh
0: I have I was, no idea who the third one for you would be. If
1: well, one. Obviously I knew uh Jim Henson. Well, but, yeah. Like Jim Henson was very obviously there. And but Oscar. Ev- like and Oscar, of course. But everyone else was like, who in the world are these people? Because that was more like it was not not a um not a slight against the movie. It was just yeah. more like, I don't know any of these people. Now granted this was made in eighty one. Yeah. I was born in '82, so like I just didn't know anybody in this film, and, and they're all like big cameos. I'm like, I don't know any of these people, so it was kind of, it was kind of I'll disappointing admit, in that in that regard.
0: With the the only other cameo I knew was Peter Ustinov. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because of him on the Muppet show, mm-hmm. but I mean he was a big British actor. I mean he right. played a lot of Shakespearean roles. Would I have preferred it be someone like Patrick Stewart? Sure, but Patrick Stewart wasn't that big yet. True. He w- hadn't even been in Dune yet. Oh, gosh, Dune. <laughs> Don't <laughs> well, get yeah. me started. I know, I know. <laughs> I, still, I still love that shot of him on the side of that at the very end, looking over, you know, the uh, the main city. And he's still very obviously Patrick Stewart with the bald head and the hair at the back, but the hair has grown long into a ponytail. (laughs) Anyway.
1: Uh, So what is your number one? My number
0: one is the song Nightlife, which is the song that Dr. Teeth is singing on the way to the Dubonnet Supper Club. Oh, okay. In every version I saw prior to this Blu-ray. Okay. That is an instrumental. Interesting. They added it back in for this Blu-ray, and it's—I think it's also on the uh, Disney Plus version. Okay, it is from the soundtrack because the soundtrack did feature a version with with uh, Doctor Teeth singing. Okay, so I mean, it's not like they just pulled this out of nowhere, but it does not fit. The, what's going on? Very well. Okay. And plus, it doesn't even sound like Doctor Teeth is singing in time with the music, mm. which is weird.
1: I did notice that. That was yeah. a little bit odd.
0: So yeah, it's not in the original. I don't know why they added it back in here, but eh, I, th- I think it was supposed to originally have it, and they decided to take it out, and someone decided to put it
1: back in.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know, and that's just not a song I like. So
1: okay. Yeah. All right, so my second is like now granted, this is a cr- me being critical of a film mm-hmm. so I'm watching the film I'm watching this and so our our main protagonists blow the opportunity to get the scoop on this and they are fired they are fired for not you know for not getting the scoop and they're fired from their job yeah for you know the 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 twins air quotes here uh, from the newspaper. And, and then Fozzie has the, I think it's Fozzie is it Fozzie or, um, um, uh, big nose. What's his name? Gonzo. Gonzo. I can't remember which one it was, but they, they asked the, 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 uh, the, the chief editor be like, Oh, can you pay for our flight (laughs) or, uh, pay for our advance for, you know, go to London? It's like one, why are you going to London? I understand if it's more, hey, we need to figure out the the mystery behind this or something like that, but that's never explained. So So in that, be like, they they go to London, they go to London to go interview the woman who got who got burglarized.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why are they going to London? They just got fired from the paper. I'm I'm guessing maybe they can sell it to okay. another paper. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So so, I've got the defenses I okay. the, okay. the thought. all right so it's just it has this weird start it's like our characters are fired yet they're the plot demands they have to go to London they could have simply like there's so many little beats in this movie where they could have given a simple explanation is that that Kermit feels responsible and he has to go to London be like yeah we've been fired but we need to uh, crack this story to, to prove our case to, uh, mm-hmm. to prove that we're good, good reporters. That's never explained. And that just, I was like, what? So now it's more, okay, we need an excuse to go to London. Okay. And it's a very, very light excuse to go to London. I mean, like your, your plot demands, you have to go to London. So, and you're a reporter. So now you're going to go interview a woman that, unless you sell it to like someone else, you're not going to sell it to your original reporter, your original, uh, your original paper. Yeah. So it's just, it was such a, well, we've got to get to London. So we're going to go to London
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like the, the plot with piggy and just like some of that is fairly good. Okay. Granted. Let's well, hit one point at a time okay. here before you get into piggy. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: First off, I agree with you that there should have been at least a part where he came back in and says, Hey, aren't y'all... Like, maybe to give them the checks, aren't y'all going... uh, uh, Didn't you say you were going to London or something? To give you the idea that they were still working for the paper. Yeah. There should have been something. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of times where I can think of, of caper movies like this from back in the day where, yeah, the character got fired... But five sec. But right as they're getting ready to go out, the guy comes out and says, "Okay, here's your money to go on the plane." Trick to get the idea that, yeah, you're still writing this article. Yeah, you fouled up. I had to fire you, but you're you're. Uh, I can't remember what movie it is, but there's one part says where uh, they they fired the guy and he comes back and says, "Okay, you're unfired. Go go take care of this thing." Yeah, something like that. I can't. remember. They should have been a scene like that where they unfired them. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, which I suspect maybe there was a c- some. Uh, 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 the scene was shortened. Yeah. Perhaps something was cut. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen any deleted scenes for this movie. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. Yeah. But that should have been done a little better. Uh, but I think that's kind of what happened off screen is he must have come back in before they were able to leave and handed them the, uh, and gave them the excuse to go over there. Because it's kind of tradition, or kind of tradition, it's they obviously missed the biggest news story of their careers because yeah. they were too busy singing.
1: Yeah. And now technically, he technically it was their
0: first first one. First they, one, yeah.
1: First one they pull it.
0: I, I would like to ask, and this is not any of my dislikes, but why did they get to pick what was on the front page? Yeah. That's a that's, little weird. I, that I know that is it's very weird a for, thing, but yeah. Um very contrived. This the Muppet movies uh, live off contrivances. Agreed. It's Agreed. part of the a part of the magic, but True. It's not a bug; it's a feature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there should have been something to at least tie it because there's the plot of this outside of this outside of this. And I think the next thing you're going to bring up, even though I'll disagree with it, mm-hmm. is tighter than what this gives it the impression of. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, now get into your complaints about Piggy. Cause I know this is so part of your first, your second one, right?
1: Yeah. It's still, it's still part of my second. It's just the, the, the fact that now I understand be like, you have the, the romantic interest, yeah. but to me it's more, okay. The only reason they got to, um, uh, the only reason they went to, um, uh, London. Yes. Was to have this connection with piggy One. No. What, okay. They went
0: to interview Lady Holiday.
1: I, I agree with you there. But apparently, that good. That, they never bothered to see what Lady Holiday looks like. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's the second. Why is Piggy in London? To be I, a
0: high fashion model. That's she went to go get interviewed by Lady Holiday for that. And uh the only thing she could offer her was receptionist and so she took it.
1: Yeah, I, so I, would, she, I would, she was trying to get her foot in the door. Yeah, I agree with you there. Agree with you there. And then you, cause I'm thinking like, okay, he's a reporter. He's going to be respond. He's going to be there. He should have looked it up. Yeah. He should have looked it up. And, and I'd be like, it should have, no. g- it, it should have gave it very close attention that he walks into the room or in his case waddles into the room. And you have this pig sitting on the table monologuing to nobody. <laughs> well,
0: this is a world where felt
1: animals, <laughs>
0: Can work in any industry. Agreed. So, seeing a pig Mm -hmm. at the top of uh, a fashion empire, I don't think was completely uh, crazy.
1: Oh, I would agree with you. And once again, I still
0: point out he should have. He should have seen a picture somewhere of Lady Holiday. Exactly. This is her company. Yeah, he should have done his basic research, but he didn't. Yeah. So they admittedly needed an excuse for him to confuse Piggy with Lady Holiday. Exactly. That is what they, the story needed to happen because right. they had this whole thing where she had to be at the supper club uh-huh. when the jewels. would get stolen
1: so mm-hmm. that she could be framed, framed for the murder. Yes.
0: I think he could have come in and they could have done away. I agree with you that they probably could have done away with the, confusing piggy for lady holiday yeah because that's literally goes
1: nowhere yeah it does you could have done
0: the same you could even led into the stuff at highbrow street with her being a receptionist and maybe kermit just thinks she's paid well yeah exactly like a wealthy heiress who's doing this job on the side yeah exactly that would have made more sense than it would have she's lady holiday yeah uh but at the same time it kind of works for me to the point where I didn't question it during the movie. Okay. So, of course, admittedly, the first time I saw this movie, I was five. Right. Or younger. Yeah. So there's a lot of nostalgia hiding stuff there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me.
1: Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Totally understand. And then you be like, the... the... The plot itself literally goes off the rails, or in this case, the bicycle rails, (laughs) when it comes to having the relation, building the relationship between Kermit and Piggy. I'm like, okay, you have this fairly interesting story and you spend nearly 30 minutes of your film building the story or building the obvious story between Kermit and Piggy huh and I'm like okay one I did like the scene with the bicycle scene that yeah. was really nicely well done you didn't have to spend all this time because obviously it felt like it was filler it felt like there was a lot of this story where it was just filler to give your give uh the the movie more runtime and give more gags to it which is understandable at the same time it's just like okay you spend most of your film these two these two characters falling in love uh-huh and, okay. So,
0: no offense. And it just, it just,
1: it's just—it just—it's to me—it's irritating.
0: What I'm hearing is they did a joke that you didn't like, and so now you're being very picky about the part you didn't like <laughs> because this is not the first time this has happened, right? Where you they they you didn't get the joke, or you, there, a, joke, a joke flew past you. Because I'm thinking back to Galaxy Quest. <laughs> okay, okay. Because <laughs> I have a feeling it's a similar issue. Okay. The joke didn't land. Yeah. And now you're looking at all the things you don't like about what's going on because it doesn't feel right. Cause you're, you're not, you're not tracking with the movie.
1: No, I mean, I think it's just more when it comes to like some, like sometimes I don't get humor. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And so be like I'm taking this and be like, I'm taking more of a literal standpoint from it. And so when I'm watching it, it's like, okay, this really is not funny. I'd be like, okay. why, why are we wasting time with this? Let's get on with the story. Because, from my perspective, it was part of the story. I I agree with you there. I agree with you there. (laughs) I mean, I
0: understand it didn't that that part of the story doesn't work for you exactly. I understand that. (laughs) Do not get me wrong. (laughs) At the same time, it's this is that section to me is not a filler, yeah. That is okay we are establishing Kermit's character. He's a, he's a reporter. He's a very intelligent reporter, but he forgets the stupid, the things he really should be doing.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, like
0: reporting, like checking on who, uh, lady holiday actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, either, uh, not questioning, perhaps why they're, she, uh, she's asking you to guess her address. Yeah. And you guess it right. The first time.
1: time. Yeah. Um,
0: Part of that is focusing on what kind of reporter this Kermit in this movie is.
1: Yeah. Is he a reporter? Miss Piggy,
0: on the other hand, this is... She's she's gotten her dream. Mm -hmm. She's found the frog of her dreams. Apparently. And is scared that if he finds out that she's not who he thinks she is, she's going to lose him. So she decides to live the lie of, oh, she's Lady Holiday. Yeah. Everything from... The time Kermit walks into that office until she leaves the Dubonnet Club, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is a lot of what you have the issue with, right? is all about her trying to keep Kermit without... Uh, it's Continue about her, to live the lie. She's trying to live this lie that, oh yeah, I'm Lady Holiday, despite the fact Lady Holiday is just right over here. Yeah. And it also gives you the excuse as to when Nikki sees Miss Piggy and... Falls in love with her. I agree. I agree with you. That is a. It is admittedly setting up. It is a setup sequence. Yeah, it's setting up. I yes. uh, That that sequence sets up the theft during the fashion show. Mm -hmm. It gives Miss Piggy a. It sets up her character. Sets up Kermit's character. Even sets up Fozzie's character. Yeah, because Fozzie takes a beating in this movie. Hmm. You didn't catch that part, did you? How much of a beating Fozzie takes in this movie? No,
1: apparently I missed it.
0: <laughs> Fozzie is is feels left out for most of this movie. Oh once yeah, Kermit sees Piggy, yeah. Every time something happens, he kind of just does this, hmm, and then moves on, trying to keep the yeah. stuff up or lip. You know, yeah, be be there for his brother. Yeah, his brother. <laughs> yeah, his froggy brother. <laughs> yes, and it comes to a head. When you get to the scene there where all the Happiness Hotel gang is, uh, sitting there on the bed and they're discussing, uh, you know, people could die tonight. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get out, now's the time. And of course, everyone gets out. And then Fozzie gives that very impassioned speech. I I agree with you. That took more out of him. Yeah. Than everything. And throughout a lot of the other stuff, he's, he's starting to feel left put aside by his brother Mm because, oh, yeah, we're not going to go see Lady Holiday slash Miss Peggy at the Debonair Club. I'm going to go see. So right. he's being left out of that, and I he's g- I agree only allowed to come along because it's because uh, of, of the guilt trip. And of course, everyone else gets to go with them, though they don't go into the club. Yeah,
1: which is weird.
0: But that, well, that's just because it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, agree. But uh the, all that's all that part is, is is character setup. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I, I recognize I, it does nothing to move the plot along. And no, it it's doesn't. kind of a weird side trip. But and but what little plot elements it's got in it is designed as a setup and plus it's your standard mystery Kate slash caper uh scene at the fancy dinner party. Yeah. That, that, I told, that I totally that I totally get. As, it's as required to the story as the exposition. It mm-hmm. has to
1: go somewhere. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, just for me personally, That's my only defense. For yeah, it. so my my only my my rebuttal to that, my rebuttal to that would be that, like for me, I think the the plot could have been tightened up a little bit better, because obviously, because like every uh, Muppet movie, there has to be some kind of you know, relationship between, you know, the frog and the pig.
0: Yes. It's It's been like like that since the Muppet show.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: The only time uh, Piggy and Kermit were on screen at the same time and there was not a relationship was on the Muppet show pilot, Sex and Violence. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's the name of the pilot. That's the name of the pilot. Sex and Violence. Wow.
1: Okay. Interesting. They Um, were
0: trying to prove this is not Sesame Street. Yeah. This is for adults.
1: Wow. So they called
0: it sex and violence. <laughs>
1: wow. Okay. So yeah, just the uh the like going back to another film, uh, uh Muppet Treasure Island. Yes. Like you already have that established that be like these pit characters did have a okay. relationship prior to this.
0: Yes. I would also point out that you bringing up Treasure Island is you're bringing up something in which they are adapting a story, not making one from scratch. Agreed. So, I mean, that's almost not fair.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with you there, but I think they they it's almost like they could have like made a. I'm not saying a better, maybe a better. You, you just
0: wish of, that of, if you're going to include those scenes, that it had been tightened up better and more tied
1: into the story, and not felt like a side plot. Exactly. That is completely fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that, that was that's my number. Basically you had this runaround with the pig and the frog and this could have been tightened up better mm-hmm. and not just made, it's like, Oh, it's the two, the two falling in love again. Well, it's, it's like, come on, really the
0: original story. And they yeah. would not have met in that movie universe prior to it. I, I would, I would agree. Anyway, with,
1: I would agree with you on that, but almost in every iteration of a Muppet story, be like, it's a, you get
0: tired of reseeing the love scene.
1: Yes. Okay. Can, well, can
0: we, can we be ch- happy we, that, Muppets Take Manhattan does not feature that. Okay. Because they're all friends from college at the beginning. Okay. So they've had all that relationship stuff already. Okay. Uh, Of course, you saw Muppets Treasure Island. Yes. And uh, The Muppets uh, does not have that either. Okay. So So this is probably the last time you're going to run into it. It's just, this was literally the second movie, and they, like the first one, they decided, we'll start from zero with people, with... The characters being, you know, people recognize them from The Muppet Show, but this is the Muppets performing a a production. Yeah. So, yeah, just... Yeah, that's my number two. (laughs) All right. My number two. I wouldn't expect this, considering I, uh, I referenced it at the end of our Shrek episode. Yeah. The running gag in this movie of... What color are their hands now? Is so s- dumb. It doesn't work. Okay, it's stupid. Now, admittedly, it's said by Beauregard for three of them. Beauregard is not the smartest person, right? On, in the Muppets, right? He was brought in during season three to play the janitor. Okay, that's when he—that's what he was created for. He replaced another janitor that was on the show that was only in the first season, but. Uh, He's, you know, he's not a bright character. Right. And so that joke worked for him the first time. Okay. And it didn't work the second time, but it's like, okay, the third time will land, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, except the third time, it's not said by Beauregard. It's said by Piggy. Really? Yeah. In the, uh, interrogate, in the scene there at the prison where her and Kermit are, uh, Are having their visitation? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. She
0: says it, and Kermit says, don't you too piggy, (laughs) or something like that. And it doesn't work there, because Mm. it's Piggy who's saying it, who's much more intelligent than Beauregard is. Mm. And then Beauregard says it at the end of the movie, Mm. right before they go down in there to catch him. Yeah. The joke is so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> I would live with it if it was just Oh the stupid character saying it But Piggy says it and Piggy's not stupid <laughs> Piggy is Piggy may be sick, Yeah But she's not stupid Okay So yeah that joke about what color are their hands now And they're going to catch them red handed Okay <laughs> No it, it doesn't work I got gotcha. you That's a running gag that didn't work I got gotcha. you and that's my number two. All right. What's my third uh, defense going to be? <laughs> okay. <defense?
1: laughs> what well, my third dislike. Um, I think I. My second and third kind of tie in together. Uh, I was almost as interested in this film watching it from its from its inception into going into like your your third act. I was like, okay, boring. Kind of boring to me i'm I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying it's a it's a bad film okay. I, I and, can't
0: defend against and, boring because that's totally subjective but yeah, okay
1: exactly like there there was there was a part of me that said this movie is it's not I'm not saying not entertaining because there are parts of this film that are very entertaining but there is a chunk of this film that is just like okay i'm I'm not I've, I've become disinterested in everything. Be like, I just kind of just get yink. Okay. Now, now I'm just watching a movie. I'm not interested in the film, but be like there again, the third act is very good. Just like every, like there's parts you where. You just don't like any of the setup leading up into the third act. Pretty much. <laughs> there's be like there again, there are little parts here and there that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But other than that, be like, I'm not interested in the film for the most part. Would it have worked better if, had you
0: not known that Nikki was the main thief.
2: Hmm.
0: If it had actually been a mystery.
1: I would, I would agree, I would agree with you on that because it definitely does set up that Nikki is the bad guy. Oh,
0: it's in the first scene. Nikki appears in. Yeah. Hey, a movie. Yeah. You don't know that's his name is Nikki yet or that he's mm-hmm. uh, related to the, 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 the victim, mm-hmm. but we're, he's, you know, he, He's there during the thing, and he he turns to the camera and uh, pulls the thing down and says, "And me, you know, with yeah. the rest of the song." Yeah, and the music even does the the low bass, bum, bum,
2: you know, kind of that Yeah. So if
0: he had if that if him being the villain had been kept a secret,
2: yeah, there'd been more until mystery.
0: Gonzo overheard them at yeah the. Uh, Fashion show would yeah. that have worked better for? You? I, th- I think it would have keep you you know interested in what the mystery is. Yeah, so that exactly. You're paying attention more. Yeah. to all the other stuff, thinking maybe this is leading into that. Maybe this is leading into exactly,
1: that. exactly. I mean, like just,
0: I will actually admit this because that's actually it's not in my dislikes, but that was something I thought could improve the movie. Yeah, like just because most of his non m- most of his stuff would have worked.
1: Yeah, exactly. If they would yeah, just prior, kept it in the dark prior to that point. Yeah, if they if they would have kept a lot of the. The, the mystery of this movie in the dark mm-hmm. I think the movie would have been a lot better But just overall it's like Okay let's the winks and nods They'll be like okay this is what's going on And it just be like I was disinterested Most throughout most of the film Until the third I'd be like yeah I kept track of What was going on yeah. but I was disinterested In it by the third act it's like, Okay things are getting better <laughs> So yeah it's just like Through most of the film I was like meh Okay Yeah. So, my
0: third and final dislike. Yes. The transfer of this movie is not good. Okay. Yeah. Definitely tell you that. So, yeah. Like I said, this is my second favorite Mm -hmm. Muppet movie, and it annoys me when I first start off, and I can see the fact that, unlike the Muppet movie, this has not been remastered this is a straight film transfer-hmm from a film that does not look like it's aged very well no now, it hasn't at later parts in the movie it actually does look better but you and, and thankfully during the Mallory gallery scenes which are you know completely at night so there's a lot of black on screen you thankfully don't see a lot of bad snow yeah. But that first shot of uh, them zooming in past Animal destroying the MGM uh, faux logo Mm -hmm. and into the uh, blue sky. That was funny. That was funny. But the visual quality of that was garbage. Agreed. And that's not a good way to start off a movie. No, it's not. I I wish they'd have gone back and just done a light cleanup of the print. Mm -hmm. Because it... There are parts of this that's like you could you were doing so good and this looks bad, mm-hmm. and in comparison to uh, the other movie on the Blu Ray, Muppet um, Treasure Island, it, it it there's just a, a major quality difference. Okay, and, and even though they were both shot on film, there's just a major quality difference in how one was kept versus the other. Okay, so yeah, my third dislike is the bad transfer of this movie from. Not to, I wouldn't say it's a bad transfer. The fact that they did not remaster this movie I got for you. Blu-ray release, they just transferred it straight from the film and didn't clean it up any. That's my third dislike. Okay, that brings us to the end of this review, and so we need to rate this movie. Okay, I'm giving it a nine.
1: Okay, then
0: because I love this movie, apparently. <laughs> I know you don't understand why I love this movie, but I do love this movie. Okay. Uh, you can even tell from uh, my dislikes, I was nitpicking the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's a fun movie. It's one that as soon as they land in New York, even though New York is a set. Right. I am totally enthralled with the movie. And that's a sign of a good movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Is when it sucks you in and doesn't let you go till the end. And there's just and of course there's a lot of nostalgia playing into this, Mm -hmm. but it's yeah, I can't give it any less than a nine. Okay. So now that I've braced myself for (laughs) your score, what is it?
1: Oh, okay. It's
0: probably not as bad as I think it is. No, it's it's a six point five.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, okay. So, my 6.5 would be like, there again, like, in my uh, my likes, be like, there are a lot of really good, uh, there's a lot of good work, there's a lot of, like, just very well done executed parts in this film. It's just this, like, there's a lot of the film that I was disinterested in, I couldn't engage with it, and I just kind of just, it's like, okay, I'm watching a film, I'm watching a film for a review. And I just, like... There again, there are good parts in this film that I really enjoy. I would like to point out that what you're describing was me last week. (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's true. That is so true. (laughs) So, freaking true. (laughs) All right. So yeah. So it's there's it's there again. To me, this a middle of the road film. It has incredible. like visual effects and that kind of stuff for a movie that was made in 80, 80 81 that there again, did not get a very good transfer at all. Yeah. Um, but like for a movie done at 81 with the visual effects they have, it's very well done, very well executed. There's just part of the films. So I don't I'd be like, I, I, I find myself completely disinterested in the film until the third act. Okay. So there again, be like i i loved um a christmas carol movie via muppets i enjoyed that movie i especially enjoyed um uh muppet treasure island mm-hmm. i love that that movie is amazing i just didn't like this film so so much and it'd be like if i'd be like if you enjoy the movie to death great have a conversation about it i just i'd be like And as you heard me and Drew talk about it, be like, yeah, Drew loves this film. I'm kind of about the film. (laughs) I'll be like, strangely, I feel better about this than when we reviewed
0: galaxy quest for movie of the week.
1: Oh gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've hinted at that episode so much. You might as well go find it and listen to it. Go
1: listen to it. It's it's there again. Sometimes I don't get humor and I just find sometimes humor annoying. (laughs)
0: You prefer the plot to be center, not the humor to be center. Exactly. Fair enough. Exactly. I still say you sometimes confuse where center is, but that's (laughs) besides the point. Mm. Anyway, thank (laughs) y'all for joining us for this episode. Next week, we are reviewing a movie I think we both pretty much like and have the same issues with, so it'll be a much more uh, calmer episode. Yeah, a little bit. So uh, join us next week for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. She's going turbo, kids.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. And?
0: And this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do
1: every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but... Uh, join me there Also you can find me on Instagram at Jacob e. Heron On Twitter at Jacob Heron And Letterboxd at Jacob Heron So where can they find you Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd At GGeorge759
0: Facebook as Drew Dodgen uh, My Facebook page Where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's photo bin You can also follow me on Twitter At GGeorge759 You can email us at Podcast At gmail.com you can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore
1: cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the cellcast gaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple podcasts, Google play podcasts, Stitcher,
0: Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the movie of the week podcast with Jim Herron, where we talk about live action movies and remember cell, cell is a single, single L. L.